Extra Life unites thousands of gamers around the world to play games in support of their local Children's Miracle Network hospital. Since 2008, Extra Life has raised more than $40 million for sick and injured kids. Visit geektherapy.com slash extra life to learn more and join us on November 3rd in raising funds to help kids. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. I'm Josue Cardona with Ali Matu. Whoa. That's my spooky. That's my spooky. Hello. <clears throat> Laura Taylor. Hey. And Lauren Keller. Ooh. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'll get on board. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. It is October. You can you can be spooky or try to be spooky. It's okay. It's a celebration of all things uh, horror this week. But first, let's do our community catch-up on the... Key Therapy Network. We've got new episodes from Jedi Council discussing addiction. Uh, Here Comes a Thought has an episode called Lag Your Millionaire. And Starship Therabies uh, has an episode on noir narration. I haven't listened to it yet, so I don't know what they're talking about, but I'm curious. And on the community side, last week I talked about a post on the forum where people in the community who aren't uh, part of the network or just like, you know friends friends of the community can can share what they've been working on and and kind of what's going on so we can update everybody and uh, so now it's it's the community catch up mega thread in the forum and uh, since i put that up um carlin who she's written into the show before you may remember her Star Trek fan fiction, and she said that uh, the thing that she was written the most uh, most recently is a stream of consciousness telling of Captain Janeway's depression during the Voyager episode Night. And then Kelly said that she's been at a few conferences, so you can find out more information about that by visiting the forum at forum.geektherapy.com and checking out the community catch-up mega thread. All right, so that's it for the community. Let's talk horror movies and horror in general. Lauren, why are we talking horror? Why are we doing this? Why are we talking horror? Well, why are you why are you making me be scared? Right? Because being scared is an important human experience. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so walk us through how we prepared for this episode and 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 what we've all been up to. So, uh, I'm I'm very excited about horror and I love horror everything, horror movies, horror TV shows, video games, short stories, all sorts of stuff. And um, I got really excited that October was coming, and I thought it would be really, really cool to talk about horror movies with you guys. And so I (laughs) compiled a big old list of horror movies um, and then asked you guys what you had seen. Wait, 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 wait. You're missing... You're missing a very important detail. There was a personality test. You tailored the list to us now. Yes, yes. No, I made made a big master list and then I asked you guys what you you had watched before and what you liked so that I could sort of tailor it to... um, I didn't want it to be too scary for Josue, uh, though I very quickly found out that Josue says he does not like horror, but he has watched a lot of horror and enjoyed a lot of it. You should play some Destiny with him because he does not like some of the spoopy sounds that come out of the monsters. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Spooky scary. <laughs> ah, stop it. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, I sort of gave you guys some... Uh, a short short list of options of movies I thought that you would like and that would be fun to talk about. And then you did. You did watch that. You watched movies. So let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Like, what, did you, what do you want to know, Lauren? 
Uh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's start. <laughs> let's go go around um, and and talk. Uh, why, why don't you say what movie or movies that you watched that you enjoyed? Maybe Hostway. Okay, so you gave me a list of three <laughs> movies, and before I got to any of them, I watched a whole bunch of other stuff. Is what I did. Uh, so of the list, you don't that, like being told what to do. That's that's <laughs> obvious. Yeah, <laughs> and and he does anything for a podcast, so he yes. went all in. He did. I did. I did. I did. So of the list that you gave me, um, I watched Attack the Block. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Jody Whitaker. You, you hadn't seen that before. I'd never watched it. No. Wow, I'm um, surprised. So Firestorm from <laughs> from um, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, Finn from Star Wars, and the new Doctor are all in that movie. It was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I liked I liked a lot of what they did. Doesn't it feel like a Doctor Who episode a little bit? Because Jody Whittaker's in it? Yeah. yeah. No, it's like, um, <laughs> like the effects aren't that good. It's not that scary. There's British people. I think the effects are great, actually. But it is very British. That is that is true. That is true. Um, it was the most British thing I saw that week. So that was that was fun. I mean, I'm you know, let's talk about what horror is actually uh, in a little bit. But that was a lot of fun. But then I watched two and a half seasons of American Horror Story, which I'd never watched before. <laughs> you watched some since of our lo- movies. <laughs> yeah, since she made that list, you yeah. made you watched like two seasons since yeah. 25 that's a episodes. Lot. Well, more. Technically, it's like 28 episodes. Oh, my gosh. That's He's a been lot doing this stuff. for over a month, Ollie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah you, um, you started celebrating Halloween like around Labor Day or something. I got that list and I, and I, and I, I got started. Started doing my research. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, watched, I watched Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. What else? I made a list, but I don't have it with me. I watched The Conjuring. I watched The Purge. Have you been watching uh, Haunting of Hill House? I started watching it, but I'm, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I haven't, I don't think I've even done with the first episode yet. I started like a sampler. Oh, as above, so below. I really mm-hmm. liked it. I really enjoyed that one. Good. I, I, I watched, oh, and I started watching The Babadook, but uh, before <laughs> I finished, uh, Netflix took it off, which is kind of messed up. Like, <laughs> oh, man, yeah, so sucks. I'm halfway through that one. That movie's got like 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I really wanted to finish watching it. Um yeah, and I started watching Trains of Hassan just because I, I wanted to see stuff that you guys were going to watch too. I wasn't enjoying it, so I, I didn't finish it. What? But yeah, but I didn't finish <laughs> it. I started watching a whole bunch of stuff and I didn't finish um, all of them. But I think that my favorite one of all of them was uh, The Conjuring, I think was the one that I enjoyed the most. Oh, yeah? Of the movies, yeah. Yeah, like I really want to watch all the other movies now. Those know? ones are real scary. I'm, I'm yeah, sort of yeah, surprised. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if I'm considering it horror, right? Because like... like you know, I mean, again, we can we can talk about what that is in a minute. But as far as like, oh, this feels like a horror movie, and I and I really really enjoyed it. The Conjuring was probably my highlight of all the stuff I saw. Yeah. Cool. How how about you, Lara? I watched since Hostway jumped on all our lists. I watched The Babadook, <laughs> and I and I finished it. I really liked it. It does go with the vein of movies that I like, which I don't even know how to describe. It's just, I like scary movies that, I don't know, they have like a gimmick, I guess. Gimmicky horror movies. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the child in that movie is really fucking creepy. I got got far enough to to, to agree with that, yeah. Like, no matter what that kid does, he's creepy. Like, smile, you're creepy. Laugh. You're creepy. Color? You're creepy. Like, he's creepy. Just creepy. I don't... Um, <laughs> no. That was the scariest part of that movie for me, was the kid. 
<laughs> being creepy. Being creepy. I mean, agreed. <laughs> right? Um, right? W- what about you, Ali? Um, I saw two movies specifically for our podcast today. I saw The Train to Busan, which I love because it's an amazing movie, Josue. Um, I also watched The Endless, which, um, like Train to Busan, I had never heard of and really enjoyed. And I, I don't know how you did this, Lauren, but um, your personality test really matched up like the type of horror that I enjoy. Trina Busan was zombie horror with social commentary. That's like my favorite brand of zombie horror. So well done to you. And The Endless is a story that you think starts about weird psychological culty stuff. And then it goes into a sci-fi direction, but then it also goes in a very other direction, and then you end and you're like, huh? So I I, I love those kind of films. It, it, it was mashing up different genres and gave me a lot of Sixth Sense vibes, but also gave me a little bit of Cabin in the Woods vibes in terms of like mashing up different concepts from other kind of movies so i thoroughly enjoyed both of those movies and like a lot of horror it's stuff that i don't seek out but when i watch i really enjoy well i am really happy to hear that you guys watched and enjoyed the movies i recommended (laughs) as a good note here the, the reason those are good is because i have watched a bajillion horror movies including a ton of terrible ones so i know i know where the gems are i know where the gems are now Um, Just for kicks, you should have recommended a few of those horrible, uh, horrible ones oh, to us. That I don't. Been fun. I don't. <laughs> I don't need other people to suffer. <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't like it if we had picked the horrible one and then been like, "Screw her list. I ain't watching anything else." <laughs> well, I want. I want one that's so horrible it's good. It's like like funny horrible. Like it's trying to be good, but it's really horrible, which makes it good. It's definitely a couple of those. I've I've watched a few of those in my time. My guess is most of the ones I watched in the 80s and 90s fall into that category. <laughs> like, like looking at different lists, like Critters falls oh, into that yeah. list and things like that. I'm like, what? I remember Critters. Yeah. That's a horror movie? I guess so. <laughs> it's got ugly monsters in it. I can't remember the name of the movie, but I remember a bunch of friends of mine at a party watched this horrible movie about like people camping in the woods and this sheriff kept coming by and we nicknamed the sheriff and we're making fun of him the whole time. He ended up like killing everybody and yeah, there's some bad ones, but it's always good to watch those with friends and have the commentary going through the whole movie. Well, yeah. and there's there's also, uh, Josue, you mentioned the 80s, and some horror movies don't age well. Like, the effects look pretty ridiculous now, and it ceases to be as scary it was, as it was when you are younger, and we were used to a different standard of effects, you know? Yeah, that's that's actually a good, a good segue into talking about horror in general. Um, Horror, I feel, is a lot like comedy, where it is um, very subjective and Mm. very contextual, where um, it is a product of the people who make it and the people who watch it and when it comes out. So certainly there, there are examples of horror movies that are still really solid, despite, you know, 
age, um, like The Fly or Rear Window. Um, Yes. I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's there's lots there's lots of like good movies that have aged well, but most of them don't because um, they are very tied to what is current and and what people you know what people are afraid of at that time. And how that sort of manifests in our in our culture in our media. Um, so Josue, you you want to talk about like what what is horror? How do we how do we define horror? Yeah, like why is Attack the Block horror, for example? Why why do you think that I counted it as horror? Because it's categorized that way at Blockbuster. Like, <laughs> blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah, know, I went to Blockbuster one. to pick them out for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. is still one in Alaska. <laughs> You know what? I'll tell you a real horror story right here. It, it's 1997. You go to Blockbuster to rent um, that new movie that you didn't get to see in the movie theaters. And all those little tab things underneath the cover are gone because there's no more copies of, of the movie. That is a real life horror story. Or even worse, you rent it and it has they didn't rewind it before. Oh. <gasps> or it's a different movie. Oh, oh, yeah, that's happened. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so attack the block uh, because there's monsters. Monsters kill people. People are, people are unsafe. I mean, uh, me and Lauren have been talking about uh, horror games uh, over the past couple of days and the idea of people not being safe. Like, uh, it seems to be a big part of horror. Does that count? Is that a good answer? I like that answer. What, what okay. about what about it? You, Laura. What what makes horror horror? There is not a right answer here, by the way. My, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. My my answer is it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> so any movie that like another movie that's got jump scares and mm. more than one, I would say more than one jump scare might fall into the horror category for me. But typically, I think of stuff if it, if my wife won't watch it. It's a horror movie. <laughs> so if well, she starts hearing like the music rising and she's like, nope, I'm done. Okay, that's a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife and my wife would get along so well. That That's something I think about too is will my wife watch it or not. What's, what's so cool is we have very um, uh, different sensibilities when it comes to horror. So um, my wife gets freaked out by a lot of psychological stuff. So, for example, Memento, she considers a horror movie because Mm. it really freaks her out. And the more realistic a movie is and the more it scares her, um, that idea that this could actually happen, the less likely she is to be able to watch it and fall asleep. So, like, we, when we watched Memento, she could not fall asleep because it was so scary to her that this could happen to someone. Whereas for me, I was like, oh, cool, like, let's talk about, like, how memory is represented in this movie. <laughs> um, but for me, um, Jaws is... Some people might not consider it horror, and... I, I, Lord, I want to ask you what horror and suspense, where the line is. But um, that movie gave me a legit uh, shark phobia that lasted up until like I was 30 years old. It really freaked me out to the point where when I would take um, when I would take a shower, I would 
put my leg put my feet on top of these ledges so I was never really on the bottom of the shower <laughs> because I was afraid there's no way to visualize that that isn't just hilarious it, it's, it's horrible because I thought a shark would come out of the drain and eat me um, I did this for about three years up until I was like seven or eight and then my mom I told my mom one day I'm like yeah well you know you have to stand on the edges because of sharks and she's like what this explains why the bathroom is always soaking wet (laughs) yeah oh totally totally i'm sure she was like oh yeah she probably had a oh that makes sense and then she i think she like slapped me behind my head because she was like you could fall and break your neck do not do that also there is only nothing below you it's like stuff there's no ocean so um Jaws is horror to me, but I think a lot of people wouldn't consider it that, you know, or or Alien, um, which is also another more suspenseful one. um, That's the movie that gave me an extraterrestrial phobia. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Josue stopped going out into space after he (laughs) saw it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Uh, Yeah. I I mean, I would definitely call both of those movies horror movies. Um, I don't know that I have like a, a, a... a solid defined defined definition uh, <laughs> of horror. I feel like it is sort of amorphous. It it is based on the the viewer's feelings about it, which is what you guys are talking about. Where it's like you find stuff that's maybe not necessarily supposed to be scary, but you find it scary. But I think it can also be aesthetic, uh, where it's just you know you're going for certain certain looks and certain camera movements and. Um, that just sort of pushes it into into the horror realm. Um, certainly, there are consistent stories that are told over and over and over again. You know, the ghost stories and vampires and and zombies and stuff like that. Those those are very seated inside of horror to me. But um, I, I do think that it is it is a moving target. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we can. If there's a, a a line that we can draw where this is this is horror and this is a thriller, or this is horror and this is like comedy horror. What Be- does thriller mean? Right. What does it mean? Like it's it exciting. Gives you thrills. Like a, it's like exciting. A, it gets you on the edge of your seat. So, so I mean. So like speed. But you is might not necessarily be scared. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of I used to watch a lot like uh, Double Jeopardy is a thriller like the the movie Seven is considered a thriller but I would I would put that pretty far into the horror horror. realm yeah that is horror but some people might not find it horror they might find it like a crime thriller. Oh my gosh, yeah. Lauren, your example of comedy is such a good parallel because what we find funny is is so varied and so diverse and your taste can change over exactly. time too. Exactly. Yeah, like I mean when I was younger the you know the uh the movie what Arachnophobia. Oh yeah. Um would have been very one. scary. <laughs> <laughs> because I was not cool with spiders, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, spiders are cool and cute, and I love them. They're fun. And so now it's like, it would be more funny than scary, though I would still call it a horror movie, even if I'm not 
actively scared, their, right, their right. movies, I'll still be like, well, that's a horror movie. I, I couldn't watch Beetlejuice as a kid because I was so scared of it. I just saw <laughs> no, it for the fair. F- it's super scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just saw it for the first time like two years ago, and I was like, "What am I? What was I afraid of? I don't, I don't understand." Uh, but I avoided it just out of out of fear from the commercials and the ads and the imagery. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely got some some spooky bits and jump scares and stuff like that. On November 3rd, the Geek Therapy community is participating in the annual Extra Life Marathon, where we play games for 24 hours to raise funds for Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world. Since 2008, Extra Life has raised more than $40 million for sick and injured kids. If you want to help out, you have two options. Visit geektherapy.com slash extra life. And one, join our team and raise funds from friends and family and play on November 3rd. Or two, donate right now to any member of Rare Candy. On November 3rd, Geek Therapy will be streaming live for 24 hours as we continue to raise funds on game day. Visit geektherapy.com slash extra life to learn more, join our team, or donate. Thank you, and I hope to see you on November 3rd. Is there a difference in experience you you all have, whether you watch something, for example, during the day or at night, at home, in the theater, alone, or with other people? I find those qualities can change the experience for me. So if I really want to be scared, I can watch something alone, at night, like on when it's like rainy or stormy outside, or if I go into a movie theater, it's more scary for me because you know I'm like trapped. I can't pause and and go do something else. Or if I watch it during the day and I have a bunch of people around, I'm really not that scared. Yeah, I I definitely find that to be true. That your your setting uh, affects how scary something will be. I I generally watch movies with other people, but um, things are definitely scarier if you watch it at night with the lights off versus like an afternoon spook movie. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I definitely movie theaters are, are scarier. And I think a big part of that is um, the sound, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. S- sound is, is so, so, so important to horror and things being scary. Um, so when you're in a theater and you have like legit surround sound, high definition sound, and um, it's you know loud, uh, it's a lot scarier than you know my my TV doesn't have surround sound. It just has like shitty little speaker inside of it, and uh, I turn it down so I don't bother you know other people in the house. So they don't have to listen to the sounds of screaming and stuff like that. So it's like that that makes it less less scary or you know you could be in a movie theater with your friend watching snakes on a plane and (laughs) she takes her hand and makes a little snake thing and like tries to bite your neck with it and you scream really loud (laughs) 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 when nobody else is screaming that that reminds me of ellen and how much ellen loves to scare people on her show have have any of you seen these clips where she scares people oh she's great so so like that's interesting too, right? Like there's there's um, there's something to both like seeing someone scared and scaring someone. Like Lara sounds like maybe you might know some have some experience with that. My, my best friend loves to do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. like doing those <laughs> things, and I don't like having those things done to me. But I'm okay watching them on YouTube happening to other people. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> And it's it's mostly cool, like you're you can be okay with it when they're like laughing after, but I've seen videos where like people swing on their significant others and like 
attack them after and you're okay maybe that wasn't a good scare (laughs) in the past month i've thought a lot about the scary part of horror and i think i completely remove that from my definition of horror like it doesn't have to be scary for me i think somebody has to be scared in the movie that i'm watching for it to be for me to consider it horror and i think there's certain uh, themes again the idea of like something that's uh, very threatening um a loss of uh, sense of safety and then like you know some some darkness, some maybe a little bit of gore, definitely some murder. So Assassin's you know. Creed is a horror. <laughs> so Damn. so it's funny. So I've been thinking about like uh, like the old monster movies, right? Where it's like it's the Mummy and Frankenstein and all these things, and like that was considered horror back then. And now, mm-hmm. like I, I don't know if I would, but like I was thinking, oh, Buffy's like all about vampires and stuff. Right. Would I consider Buffy horror? I think I would. Yes, mm-hmm. even though. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would absolutely consider it horror. So, like the the being scared part, um, I take it completely out because, like, like you were saying earlier, like there are movies, like the things that scare me. As a kid, a lot of things scare us, right? So, like Child's Play, like it was traumatizing for me, and Alien really messed me up. And there's other movies like that that, like you know, get scared of the dark and and things like that. But as an adult, my fears are very very different. It's like probably a movie about like a a home invasion or someone getting mugged or a car accident like that would mess me up more like that would be terrifying for me but i wouldn't consider those horror movies Hmm. yeah so so a lot of things would be uncomfortable for me to watch and i would not like to watch them but horror is not uncomfortable for me i realized (laughs) being scared is uncomfortable for me but the horror movies i'm okay with them as long as it's someone else's horror the the commercial for the nun just the trailer alone I was like, oh, I can't, I can't watch it. Like I had to look away because <laughs> it was, it was so. Uh, I felt uncomfortable. Like when I saw the commercial, the trailer for the Meg. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was avoiding that. Yeah. Well, but like that's that's a really good example of um, like a, a monster movie, a, a giant threat that's like bigger than life. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like it's it's brighter colors and things like that like, like i've been thinking about the avengers and how menacing thanos is in infinity war right like what could be more terrifying than half of the population wiping out like that would be that's genuinely terrifying like that would be horrible there's a reason why when he snaps his fingers at the end the theater was absolutely quiet and nobody said a word <laughs> right that was that was a hell of an experience but you would never consider infinity war a horror movie although i, I could probably make a case for it Good. He's literally okay. So, like in in monster movies, we're afraid of this like one haunted house or this one creature that kills three people, and then we get rid of it, and it's so terrifying. Like Thanos is going from planet to planet, just wiping half of the people out. Like that is that would be really scary. Um, if you were in the, that I world. mean, the problem. The, the, I think the a big difference there is it, it doesn't feel personally threatening. Like I, I never feel personally threatened by Thanos but in a lot of these other movies as Lara described it's it is more on the edge of your seat like um Jurassic Park for example Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of a dinosaur outside but there there are many scenes in that movie where you feel the tension and it's it's all the things coming together like Lauren was saying about the sound and the visuals and and the suspense and all that sort of stuff like it it feels more personally scary um and even if you're not scared i think other people are scared in infinity war not so much well and even then 
when you're looking at horror movies, a lot of what we think of as horror, it plays on the unknown and the like, could that be really true? Are there really ghosts? Are there really mm. these mm-hmm. monsters? I'm thinking about, I've been watching The Haunting of Hill House and I when when I'm watching it and it's dark out and then I turn off the TV, I hear a noise and I'm like, what could that noise be? Um, it plays on it plays on those things. I'm like, no, really, it's just my cat like jumping on the counter or whatever. But it plays on that thing. So when you're talking about Infinity War, Thanos is not real. Thanos is a made up character. Thanos like snapping I could say his finger. But you, you could say that for a lot of horror. But also, there's a lot of horror out there that plays on folklore and things that may or may not be true depending on your beliefs it's it's also theming right the avengers is about like superheroes teaming up to triumph over evil that's a little bit different from the theming of like horror movies where it's like your inevitable mortality let's face it or (laughs) like you you don't know what's out in space it could be anything um, in the Avengers, like the it's like we know it's in space. It's Star Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think about a if you want to talk about superheroes and and characters that really scare me. The the two that come to mind are um, Scarecrow and Batman Begins, and the mm-hmm. Joker in The Dark Knight. There were many moments where I felt quite scared um, watching those two films. More so, the Joker. Um, yeah, I don't know if anyone had a similar experience to that. Like but. personally scared? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. When he um there's a there's this a moment where I start um where the the Joker is t- uh, he says, you know, you want to know how I got these scars and he, you start to realize he's changing his story and you you're not quite sure what's right and there's something about his unpredictability that um really made me feel uncomfortable and and um made me feel unease in that moment i've mentioned before that uh batman returns i wouldn't watch that movie as a kid because the first like 10 minutes or so whatever up until uh michelle pfeiffer falls out the window and there's the cats yeah nope i was i was done after that Mm. scary Scary movie. As an adult, I probably wouldn't find it that scary, but... Just creepy. Yeah. 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 Like the kid in Babadook. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm more on the edge of my seat. Like, if I'm scared for the other people there, I can't really think of a moment since I was a kid that I I watched the movie and I was... I felt fear. I don't... Mm. I'm having a really tough time even relating to that. I Um, have watched... um, (laughs) I watched Quarantine... Uh, with a group of group home kids and literally four out of the six boys at one point jumped out of their seats and ran down the hallway. <laughs> and these are like, these are like 16, 17, 18 year old boys. Well, it, it was, it was a great experience because they thought they were all big and bad and I made them cry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this speaks to the diversity of how people experience this stuff, right? Like I, I've always been wired for anxiety. I was a selectively mute kid, socially anxious kid. Um, I still have elements of that um, with me right now. And so like anxiety is an emotion I just really easily experience. And also some of those sensations that other people might get a thrill from 
uh, a racing heart rate, sweating, being on the edge of your seat. Some people might experience that as being more alive and feeling a thrill and enjoying it. I'm a bit more likely to experience those things as aversive, uncomfortable, and fear-inducing, not excitement-inducing. So I, I can name so many movies. Look, I was afraid of, so are you afraid of the dark? Like all of those um, uh-huh. kid stories on Nickelodeon that are really not that scary if you watch them now. Like if you watch them on YouTube, some of them are kind of corny. I was terrified of those. I would watch some of those and I couldn't sleep. The ventriloquist dummy ones oh, are still scary. Oh, man. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, Laura, did you ever read Goosebumps? Because yes, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I got no. afraid of Mm-mm. Goosebumps. I was about mm-hmm. to say, the more, we, the more we talk about this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I had like 60 Goosebumps books as a kid. I really like those. <laughs> I, I guess I do like horror. Uh, Hmm. Ali's talking about like thrill like on the edge of your seat and not being comfortable with it makes me think of like when I go to Disneyland thrill rides they they talk about the big like Disneyland has some thrill rides but like so roller coasters a lot of those roller coasters I wouldn't consider thrill rides but when I go on what used to be Tower of Terror now Guardians of the Galaxy um that is terrifying. And I actually let out a real scream rather than a, ah, you know? So. Listen, I've been th- on rides where I have cried. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> yelled because I honestly believe that I was dying or about right. to die. <laughs> that's like, that's I, me I, on I understand, ride. I understand the feeling of fear and being, and being, uh, you know, feeling like there's a, there's a, there's a real threat. They uh they stopped Space Mountain so I could get off. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I get it. They were like, this seven year old is crying too hard. We can't have this. It's supposed to be Disneyland, I the happiest place on Earth. No. See, and for old. me, Space Mountain is. It used to be like that for me. I would not go on it. My mom wouldn't go on it as an adult because she didn't like the dark and being around it in the dark. But she and I both love Thunder Mountain. Um, so, and now as an adult, I love Space Mountain. It's one of my favorite rides. Um, Lord. So th- it depends on your perspective and what you're actually scared of. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about is that totally. each person is scared of certain things. Lord. Space Mountain wasn't scared, scary to me until I heard about somebody who supposedly got decapitated because they stood up in the middle of it. Well, then I was scared of it. Don't, don't stand <laughs> up on it. <laughs> <laughs> they have lap bars for a reason. Laura, that makes me think of uh, what you said earlier about uncertainty and unknown and not knowing and mm-hmm. how the the dark is full of that and um, how scary the dark can be. Um, for me, it wasn't Space Mountain. I always was cool with Space Mountain. Uh, for me, it was Pirates of the Caribbean. Just the, <laughs> just the beginning, there's like a skull and, and crossbones that kind of talks to you. Mm-hmm. Um and that happened, and I, it was over. I was crying the whole time. I had my eyes closed, which kind of probably made it worse. Yeah. And um, I never went on that ride again until <laughs> oh, my twenties no. because I was so <laughs> scared. Of- that that's like yeah. me and the Matterhorn right there. I have that kind of relationship oh, with the Matterhorn. Yeah. I I was I went on a ride, or my parents went on a ride, and left me at the front of the ride because I wouldn't. They went on Thunder Mountain, and I wouldn't go on it. And then the next day I said, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to go on a ride. Let's go on the Matterhorn. The second the ride started moving, 
I was screaming, crying like Lauren, but they can't never, stop the run. I'll never be brave again. <laughs> um, and then by the time I was an adult, they had closed it down to work on it every time I was there until I was like 24. And Whoa. then I finally went on it again. It was crazy. What was it like when you went on it again? It was, I, I was sad that I was that scared. <laughs> it was nothing because I'd been going on Space Mountain for years by then. So has the reverse happened to any of you where something you were totally cool with suddenly became scary? Maybe because of an experience or media or anything like that? Um, so Child's Play when I was a kid. I had a My Buddy doll, <laughs> and I loved my, my Buddy doll, except that obviously Chucky is designed to look like that particular doll, and I, I vividly remember that thing moving around at night. Like mm. it was, it completely, like I had to get rid of it. I could, I could not deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I have a bunch of like hyper-specific fears based on watching... Um, Final Destination movies. Oh, mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. I, I it's like I cannot see a lumber truck on the freeway without <laughs> being like it's it's gonna break and, and destroy me. And, Laser and then, eye surgery. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's deadly. Yeah. Uh, getting, I will not do LASIK. Uh, yeah. Getting onto an elevator with somebody who has a braid. Nope. Somebody, somebody's getting de- decapitated. <laughs> Can't have that. But yeah, garbage it's like, disposals. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, fire, fi- fire escape ladders. Uh, there's one that kills somebody in Final Destination. I'm pretty sure that one's still, uh, still like recorded in my memory. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see one, I'm like, I'm not gonna walk under that because that thing could come down and impale my head. The um, uh, I learned that um, ceramic will break if it goes from too hot to too cold. Uh, too quickly because yeah, in, yeah. in I think it's the second Final Destination movie, but it could be three or four. I don't. I've seen a lot of them. In um, one of them, this woman has like a, a cup of like hot tea, and then she puts ice cubes in it, and it cracks the mug, and then the mug drips into her computer, and then it starts a house fire, and then you think the house fire is going to get her, but actually, when she goes to um, try and leave, she like pulls she she pulls like a knife block on top of her and she dies by being stabbed by knives um real switcheroo with that one but yeah definitely i'm like i'm like don't put don't put your your like a hot cup into the freezer or vice versa like you could die (laughs) it's like no your cup will crack it's fine lauren you are fine that's happened to me before lauren and it's like the most it's the most bland crack you will ever experience, too. <laughs> like, it's it's really not that scary. Just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I can't do scary movies with kids anymore. I can't. It's way too much. So for me... Um, like The Omen or something like that, you mean? The Omen. Like- even um, old school It, you know, in the beginning, the kid goes to, like, the gutter scene. Um we all float down here. Oh, man. <laughs> that is creepy. Uh, I, Don't watch the Babadook. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, can't, I can't do that stuff. Not after becoming a dad because I have enough weird fears about bad things happening to my daughter like just in everyday life. I don't need a movie to put like incept my brain with new fears of things that can happen. I, that I, a I, clown I is going to grab her from the gutter? 
Yes, I don't need that. I don't. That's a that's a perfect segue, Ali. Um, I wanted to ask you specifically, what was your experience watching Train to Busan? Oh my gosh, being a parent of a young daughter and frequently riding trains and subways. I really wanted, like, I was like, this might be too scary for him. I was like, what is wrong with you? Lauren is torturing me. (laughs) What is wrong with you? No, I can just picture her like evil little smile and clapping. So for those of you, what I'm doing. For those of you who haven't, who don't know about this movie, it's amazing. Don't listen to Husway; he's wrong. It's um, a South Korean movie um, in which a zombie outbreak is um, is is underway. It's it's fresh. It's just happening right now. And in the first ten minutes, we are introduced to a father who is uh, a workaholic and has missed. Um, a big performance that his young girl uh, was doing and he comes home and the girl's like really sad because her dad was not there so right there Lauren already it was activating like big fears for me and no zombie had appeared on screen (laughs) like this whole idea of this dad who's not good enough who's like too plugged into his work and how sad his daughter was oh my gosh I was I was like so fearful and sad. It was just, I was a mess. Um, And then the zombie outbreak happens. And then um, this dad and his daughter are challenged in so many ways. And um, it's just the two of them. It was terrifying. Um, It was so terrifying, but I loved their relationship. And I loved... um, I don't know. I felt so many emotions. I was like, and at one point I was watching it on my phone, riding the subway in New York. Oh. <laughs> and it was like really packed and really crowded. And I kind of paused and I looked up and I thought this train, this car in this train has like a hundred people in it. If one of these people turns, we are all dead. And then like, I felt my heart racing and this is why you asked about context and yes, where you're watching yes. movies. <laughs> and I you, think I, you figured out the scariest place to watch that movie. <laughs> well, and my thoughts started to go, I live in New York City, millions of people. There's no way I would escape. I wouldn't be able to get out. My, you would you you would die in a zombie apocalypse. Um, I would be out. Oh, and you know how uncoordinated I am with my high <laughs> center of gravity. I'm not good at running, chasing, jumping. I rely on my ability to talk to people for a living. You cannot talk to a zombie. That's not going to work. So uh, that's where my head started to go. Um, it was it was a fascinating experience watching that movie and I felt like in some ways living it with the father-daughter thing as well as the trains thing and a big city thing um, I so thoroughly enjoyed that movie and how scared I was yeah yeah I really I really really liked that when I when I first watched it and um, I thought it was really impressive that uh, zo- I mean, zombie. There are a lot of zombie movies, right? That is that is a uh, well tilled field <laughs> mm-hmm. as far as movie <laughs> content goes. But I really feel like Train to Busan took it to a, a new level. Um, it was incredibly personal and um, 
having the focus be on this father-daughter relationship is, um, you know, not not really covered a lot. I mean, there, there's some overlap with The Last of Us, but um, yeah, yeah, I really... I really like that movie. And it was so refreshing to see um, a non-American zombie movie. Um, I've been a little zombied out watching many seasons of Walking Dead and giving up on it about two, three seasons ago. So when you first recommended it, I was like, I'll watch it. But I've seen a lot of Walking Dead. and That was basically when I was like, oh, it's a zombie movie? Okay, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. And then by the end, I was like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Um, So nice to see also a different view of zombies and their strengths and weaknesses in this one. Um, some of the weaknesses that you discover in the movie, I, I, I didn't really anticipate that. Um, and I thought that was really cool, especially with so much of this movie being set on a train. It was kind of like Snowpiercer, but with zombies, because there's this whole social commentary about class and about access to resources and how people see each other even in the midst of a zombie apocalypse and then how that also doesn't matter but it still does so oh so much it was it was like ticking everything on my list so thank you lauren i loved it (laughs) excellent um okay uh laura let's let's talk about the babadook how okay so Partly why I recommended it to you is it seemed to sort of fit in with your your general interests. But um, I also know that you and your wife have been talking about starting a family mm-hmm. fairly soon. And so I thought the Babadook has an extra, extra layer of spooky scary given that context because <laughs> <laughs> one of the parents dies and then the kid's kind of terrible. So what then? Oh. The thing is that that kid was so creepy and annoying that I wanted to kill him the entire time. <laughs> oh, he can, I was like, he can die. Um, <laughs> if my child turns out like that, I don't know what I will do. I think that was uh. scarier than than anything else. Um, like, at one point, she kills the dog. And he, I, I felt for the dog, I think, more than the kid. <laughs> Just because I found this kid so annoying and, like, terrible. Um, and I really felt for the mom trying to do the best she could with a child that she wanted and had a future planned for, but with her husband, who she lost the day that her son was born Mm. um so and throughout the entire movie she just looks so exhausted and miserable except when she's having her ice cream (laughs) 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 one moment of having ice cream so i think if the kid wasn't so horrible it would have affected me more um with thinking about my wife and i trying to have kids and and I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would not. That child is, he was horrible. <laughs> he was horrible. With his uh, horrible little, like, scream and his horrible, like, building weapons and, and shooting darts around and getting in trouble at school. Yeah. That poor kid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What I what I really like about the Babadook is 
that it is very much a story about grief and mm-hmm. coping with grief. And I like that it leaves it sort of ambiguous as to whether this is like a fantastical thing that's actually happening or if it's all just symbolic yeah. of the process of coming to terms with the loss of somebody you care about and somebody you depend on and how that affects your family. And uh, yeah, I just, I really, I really like that. Plus plus the, the Babadook book Mm-hmm. Part that prop is it was so amazing. Cool. <laughs> so the the cool. artwork was so cool, and I'm like I want this creepy book. <laughs> I want the creepy book, and then I would never want anyone to knock on my door <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever, ever. No knocking, Baba Duke. <laughs> yes, Laura, have you seen um, Looper by any chance? No. Has anyone here seen Looper? I've seen mm-hmm. it. So I haven't. It sounds like some of the similar vibes I got from Looper. Looper does bring up some of these themes of who your child is and uh, the obligation to them and, and thinking about the your fears of who they might be. And that stuff really creeped me out. So I think I'm going to skip Babadook because <laughs> it sounds kind of terrifying to me. Well, and... To be fair, I think the child, he may have ended up this way because mom may have been checked out for the first six years of his life because she ties the death of her husband so closely to the birth of her son. Mm. So you never know. He still could have ended up the way he did and throwing... He he builds this contraption to like throw like balls like hard like sports balls at people and like like oh, Macaulay Culkin in like Macaulay Culkin oh, only yeah. he no that's only he's not movie. trying he's <laughs> not trying to get away from robbers he's trying to I don't know protect his mom and himself from from the the boogeyman essentially um before he even before there really is a boogeyman in the book in the movie so it, mm-hmm. Well, if you like that, I, th- I think you should watch Looper. That sound, <laughs> there's a lot of similar themes there. Well, it's more like Babadook is like the sequel to Looper. Oh, like, well, what, ha- what happens mm. after? Like at the end of Looper, you're like, well, who knows? Let's see. Yeah, and then that would be the Babadook. Oh, yeah. interesting. <laughs> interesting. Now yeah. I want to watch Babadook. Ah, ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. You should wow. you should watch it because this kid is just creepy and. You aren't gonna. You aren't gonna feel for this kid. <laughs> you might. might. I, th- I, I think it's a, a really solid example of of depression and how mm. that can look on people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that that Definitely. that's really a really powerful part of this. Is like it's hard to fully empathize if you you know it's like uh, well my my husband's not dead and I don't have a kid so mm-hmm. what? But then like recognizing just that that exhaustion in her face and just like trying to be loving to your son when you kind of hate him a little bit and how exhausting that is on top of all of the other feelings and it's just it's yeah it's pretty solid solid horror movie and i definitely i feel for the mom a lot more yes. than anyone else in the movie um and the moments she got to be happy i was like oh and then there's no resolution <laughs> about being happy 
with, yeah. with things. Yeah. So Lauren, your your reasons for recommending those two movies to to Lara and Ali were pretty twisted. <laughs> 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 what what was your reason for recommending mine? Okay, so I recommended Attack the Block because it looks cool. And you like things that look cool. That was very disappointing. It's, it's, it looks cool and it's got it's got aliens. So it's like adjacent to things that you were like, they're scary, but I also like them. And so mm-hmm. I went that direction. Also, like John Boyega is like, I got big hard eyes. And then uh, As Above, So Below, I picked because... Um, it is very video gamey, uh, which is. is what which is yeah. what I really liked about it. It felt like Tomb Raider and Uncharted. You were right. Yeah, it it, it felt well. I mean, it, it, we've been talking about Silent Hill a lot. If you had played Silent Hill, you would also pick up on a lot of Silent Hill vibes. But yes, mm. it, it it was like a Tomb Raider Silent Hill game turned into a movie, and I was just like, this is fun, and I love it, and I thought that you would enjoy it. So let's talk about that. I did. I did. I enjoyed it a lot. How how did you feel about um, how, how the story sort of unravels and its focus on sort of this Tomb Raider finding the, the Philosopher's Stone, and then as it unveils, it sort of becomes this very introspective um looking into how you torment yourself and and the things that you feel guilty and shamed about and how that those those are the real demons like <laughs> it's like at one point in the movie like they, they literally kind of cross over into hell or they're, they're really getting closer and closer to it and the more that they get closer to it there is that idea of like hell is your your own personal doing and that was i love the way that was reflected in the movie the way they played with that the way that as above so below like there's like this parallel version of things i loved it i love see i think like regardless of the of the genre of movie i love um world building and i love uh that things kind of follow the rules you know Mm -hmm. The, the rules can be supernatural and out there but once they're established like oh like i'm loving the way that you play with those pieces and that movie that movie did an awesome uh, job of that. And, and and to an extent, Attack the Block did too. <laughs> I liked what it set up. And but yeah, but I, I loved this above so below. I love like there were, there's always this forward momentum. They're always moving forward and things mm-hmm. basically are getting worse <laughs> as things go on. Right. And then but but there are a lot of realizations along the way, right? And and that's kind of how they, they do go through it. They are really battling their own demons. Yeah. Oh, so I just had two very big Hosway realizations right now mm-hmm. v- vis-a-vis your Hosway realizations number mm-hmm. one that always forward momentum and something happening and things not kind of working out but realizations along the way that is so Doctor Whovian right there that's like mm-hmm. so many episodes mm-hmm. of Doctor Who um, but the other thing is dude you totally love world building you are so <laughs> right like that's my thing yeah. like whenever we've had really epic long conversations after watching something it usually revolves around that those, oh, yeah. those are yeah. some of my favorite conversations i've had with you is when something has created this like new world or new universe that we haven't quite seen before and and that's what i love about science fiction right it's like okay so what are the rules in this world okay that's Mm -hmm. cool how Mm -hmm. are we going to play with that what are all the possibilities and i think that's what i liked about the conjuring too the idea that like okay there are all these rules established that's pretty cool there's these people who have this role in this world and 
like also there's five of them now <laughs> soon to be seven i'm like oh yeah no this is this is like i want to know more about that world that like the, the rules that they established and the conjuring if you haven't watched it there's this room there's these two investigators also it's based on true events supposedly on the diaries uh, of like these you know on the on the yeah it's loose right yeah, 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 yeah. It's what it's what these uh, people say uh, that happened, and so they have this room that's full of all these artifacts from all these cases that they've had, and that is like the coolest thing to me. It's like yes, and so they literally have this doll in the first movie, and now there's there's a whole like uh, spinoff series about that just that doll, hmm. and yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that I really enjoy. Dolls are fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Uncanny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as As Above, So Below and and The Babadook, I I really like when horror movies go into that kind of theme that's looking at the idea of, like, literal demons, like, scary guys with horns and claws versus, like, psychological demons that come from within and how we interact with each other and how we deal with trauma and how we treat ourselves i i really like when horror movies are like we're gonna explore that like meaty inner life stuff by by making a cartoonishly horrifying creature be the symbol of it i'm a big big fan of that lauren we haven't asked you what what are some of your favorite horror movies and or is there something recently you've been watching that has really resonated with you well thank you for asking i uh tweeted out a list of (laughs) 59 horror movies that um i either really really enjoy or i've watched fairly recently and are fresh in my mind but um there's a lot of good ones on there um, I would have to say probably my my favorite favorite all time is Rear Window. I mm. think that that is maybe my favorite film. I think that that is really art. Um, <laughs> uh, but I saw Hereditary recently. That's a, a very fresh horror movie, and that was incredibly scary. And I don't I don't usually get like scared. I'll, I'll feel a little bit of the tension and I'll make jokes and and I um one of my my coping things is is I will talk to <laughs> I will talk to the screen <laughs> like don't, don't do that like why, why would you, you do that you walked right past a baseball bat like why wouldn't you just grab it like have a weapon equip your weapons what are you doing <laughs> it's just just like suddenly. all of us that scream don't run up the stairs exactly that is yeah. me 100% this is probably why people don't take me to see movies in theaters this is clarifying a lot of things Um, (laughs) (laughs) but um, I watched I watched Hereditary um, at home which is good because it was so scary I had to pause it and take a break which has not happened in a really long time where I was just like I need I need like I need water and I need a blanket and I need the lights to be turned on for about six minutes and then maybe we can finish this movie but um, yeah, yeah, that is, uh, I don't want to do too many spoilers since it's a, a, a new movie, but it has a, one really, really intense scene that is horrifying and violent, and then the rest of it sort of waffles between real life 
a family dealing with tragedy and maybe witches. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And sort of going back and forth between those two. And it does it in a really solid way where you never, you are always off balance. You're not really sure what's happening, which is a a, a good part of successful horror is is leaving people a little bit uncertain. because if you know what's happening, um, that I mean, if you know, that can be scarier, whereas like, you know, the monster is behind the door. Um, but it's like that, uh, that tension building of like, I don't quite understand what's happening. So I can't really prepare myself for it. Is that what you like about Rear Window? Yeah, I, I really like with Rear Window is, is you're not really sure... You're not really sure what's happening, but something is happening. Right. Um, I also really like Rear Window because of um, it is. Oh, gosh, that movie came out. 1954. 1954. Great job. Uh, 1954. And it has powerful agentic women, even though uh, they are not the the lead character. The lead character is is um, is healing from leg injuries and spends most of the time in a wheelchair and so when (laughs) uh he's like we need to go investigate the neighbors his girlfriend she goes and does it and so i I really like that it's an example of like women being like what i'll handle this i like that I, I actually, I feel like that is one of the special things about horror as, as much as there's a lot of really questionable sexist stuff and treating sexuality as like bad and deserving of punishment there there's also a lot of really great examples of powerful three-dimensional female characters who you know fight back and protect themselves and um uh, i like that a common theme in horror is that the problem occurs when you don't listen to women when you know the the one girl in the group's like, I don't think we should go into that abandoned sanitarium. I think that's a bad idea, and everybody else is like, No, we're gonna do it anyways. And then of course they all get you know haunted or whatever. And it's like you should listen to her. You should listen to women. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, gosh, Lauren, that make, brings up another thing I wanted to ask you, but I know we're we're running long. I wanted to ask you about all the smoochies and all the nudity in horror and like why this stuff is so often goes together um there's a couple of different angles you can take that from i mean if you're looking at older films it's very much like the idea of you know sex being taboo and Mm. bad um if you're looking at more recent stuff that can be sort of the idea of um women being empowered in their sexuality is scary to men sometimes can get into that um oh my god wow i was gonna go with sex causing people to be vulnerable that's that's a big part of it um it's also it's something that generally speaking is is intimate and nice and pleasurable and so when you pair it with murder it's like it's extra shocking it's the same reason why it's like kids are so spooky scary Mm -hmm. like you know uh how many trailers use the um the the slowed down like children's songs and then like (laughs) swing swinging by itself in the wind like nothing is scarier than a slowed down children's nursery rhyme right (laughs) Uh, well and Mm -hmm. i was thinking about arousal and just how like 
watching sexual content can get your heart pumping and then you combine that with like those loud sounds or the bad scary person jumping the jump scares and it could heighten it even more yeah it's a it's a total shortcut there it's like we'll we'll get you uh low-key horny because then you'll be easier to scare (laughs) (laughs) it's true i like that is that an industry term low-key horny we need a low-key horny scene right here i mean people uh, arousal is the the you know, the term, the physical and, and psychological term, but generally that's linked just straight to boners. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> colloquially. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I feel like, um, and, and we don't have time to get into it, but there's definitely going into the, the, the way that sex and sexuality is treated in horror movies is like a whole big big thing but there's definitely something interesting in looking at older movies and more recent uh pieces like it follows or the witch and how they treat female sexuality as being horrifying but in different ways um yeah it's it's a it's a lot and that's why horror movies keep returning to that because there's something very very basic that that reaches people along those arousal and fear lines. It's funny because I've always thought of horror as just like this pocket where, well, it's a horror movie. So there's certain things that we can get away with that we wouldn't get away with in mm. another movie. So we can, you know, we can be gratuitous in our violence. We can be gorier. We can like drop more F-bombs. Mm-hmm. We can, our kids can be stupider. Like, I don't know. We can do things that we couldn't get away <laughs> with in, in another movie just because like we've set the stage for this is horror. So yeah. So in the first two minutes, we need to see boobs. We need to, you know, have to have whatever, whatever we, we couldn't possibly do in any other movie and do it now. Also, teenagers, right, are huge on uh, on horror movies, mm-hmm, huge demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that happens a lot in the boardroom too. It's like it needs more of that low key horny to get those kids, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how you get the kids. <laughs> That's how you get the kids. How do I reach these kids? <laughs> <laughs> Boobs. What are the kids into? Boobs. Shortcut to boners. That'll that'll do it. Yep. 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 All right. I'm. I am pretty satisfied with this conversation. We could. We could go another hour or so. But mm. I think. Um, I, th- I think I. I can release you from this curse I have placed upon you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this was. This was a lot of fun because we just. We just geeked out about horror movies for, for a while. I mean, we didn't even like talk about. Basically, I mean, Lauren talked about her favorite ones, but like we didn't go but, like really deep into so many other things we could have talked about. But this was a lot of fun. Yay, horror! Woo! <laughs> Bringing people together, because you know why? Media matters. Do you guys want to do uh, <laughs> geek therapy? or? I think this was our geek therapy. All this uh, the, I think yeah. the horror was geek yeah. therapy. My, my geek therapy this week is right now, just right, right now. It's right now. <laughs> <laughs> Meta geek therapy. <laughs> that seems like a good rule. Whenever we're geeking out about something, that just that just counts. All right, so before we go, anybody have anything to plug, Ali? I don't think so. I was very busy. Lauren? Uh, extra life. <laughs> I'm going to steal it from you oh. two. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to steal it? <laughs> extra life. It's do it for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> Laura, what is extra life? <laughs> extra life is a 24-hour gaming marathon to raise money for Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Um, 
I am playing for a hospital in the Bay Area that helped me out when I was a kid, um, and I wouldn't be here today without them. And you can go to geektherapy.com slash extra life uh, and join our team. It is two weeks away, or you can just donate money to one of our team members, uh, me preferably, because you know you like me more than both Josue and Lauren. It is a popularity contest. <laughs> and it is, and I'm winning right now. You know what? <laughs> I, I like to vote for the underdog, so I'm changing my endorsement uh, to Josue Cardona. Uh, Wait, no, I'm Lauren, the underdog. Lauren is the underdog right now. What? Lauren, you're in it? I yeah. am. Oh. I'm in it too, you guys. Please give me money. <laughs> yeah, Ali, vote with your wallet. Your words mean nothing. <laughs> or you could take a certain amount of money and split it between all of us. You Do could, it. You could. For yeah, the if you kids. like us all equally, if, which if I doubt to, is true. If you want to play it like a co op, I guess you could do that. And we're going to be streaming this year, right? Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. On our Twitch channel, um, we're going to take turns. So we're going to stream for the whole 24 hours. And I may change my mind about this, but I, I'm getting kind of desperate because Laura has way more than I do. So I said, I'll I'll cut my hair and I'll do it live on the stream. Um, if I reach my goal, I may take that back. But as of right now, <laughs> <laughs> that is, I'm desperate. So I'm, I'm putting that there. Speaking of horror, one year my friend, every year she comes up with the best, like, if I reach my goal, I'm going to do this. She is terrified of clowns. And so two years ago when she reached her goal, she had to stay the night in a haunted clown house. What? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. That's a whole lot of nope. And I will not do anything of the sort. (laughs) I had a nightmare last night about getting my hair cut. It's it is a trauma for me. It is horrible. So if you want to terrify Josue, give him money. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, but I do have one plug, and this is just a, an old episode of Geek Therapy that people should check out. If you're still listening and you enjoyed uh, our conversation, episode 20 of this podcast, this is 161. So episode 20 is with uh, Doug Ronning, and we talked about monsters and how he uses monsters and therapy, and he runs these workshops. And he was a screenwriter for Tales from the Crypt, and it's an awesome conversation. It's an oldie, but a goodie. So check that out. Uh, this podcast, episode 20. All right. So that is it for this episode of GT Radio. Thank you for joining us. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we have our forum. Go to forum.geektherapy.com. Um, you can talk about this episode and other episodes. There's the community catch-up mega thread over there. Mega thread. More information about Geek Therapy and our network is at geektherapy.com. On Twitter, it's at Geek Therapy. And individually, we are... Ali is at Ali Matu. I am at Josue Cardona. Lara is at Geek Therapist. And Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. Thank you for listening. Remember to geek out and do good. And we will be back next week. And join our Patreon. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy. 